Thessalonians chapter number five. First Thessalonians chapter number five. Have you ever had a bad day? And maybe you had a bad week. Have you ever had a bad year? I want to ask you if you've had a bad life. <coughs> this past week, I do what I normally do. I grabbed my electric razor and uh, just my trimmer. I began to trim my beard. And uh, I thought to myself, wow, that, that's a lot of hair coming off. And then I remembered my son saying, hey, dad, can I borrow your trimmer? I just want mom to shave the back of my neck. And I'm a creature of habit. I just like something where it's supposed to be. You know, I go to my toolbox. I don't, I can, I can find a screwdriver in the dark in my toolbox. How many of you guys are like that? Until your kids get there. And then you trip over the screwdriver as you're going to the toolbox as they left it. And so I just, I do it. I grab my razor in the dark and I can, I can shave. I can brush my teeth. I can shower in the dark. I don't need light until your kids touch something. And then I realized I look in the mirror and there it was a whole strip <laughs> all the way up. There was no blade. There was no, no number one is the number I use. And, uh, my wife cried because she, I kept it because she loved me. I haven't kissed my wife in a week now. And so you, uh, or she hasn't kissed me. I've tried. She says, not till you grow that beard back. And so I'm trying really, really hard. I'm, I'm putting all kinds of lotion and everything on my face. Uh, but uh, bad day, I'll tell you, bad day. First Thessalonians chapter number four. Everybody okay? How many of you are hot? Look at my son's walking out of the church. He knows it. He knows he is going to be under conviction if he stayed here this morning. First Thessalonians chapter four. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and, and, and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. Paul says this to this church. I've told you how you should walk. He spent time. Now, this church here that we read of, they, um, they were excited about Jesus coming again. Matter of fact, they were willing to just stop everything and quit everything and wait for the return of Christ. And before we judge them and say, you know, why would they do such a thing? They were excited about their salvation. They were so excited that Jesus Christ was going to come and take them out of this world and take them to glory. They were excited and they couldn't wait. And so they stopped living, they stopped working, they stopped doing what was necessary to, to uh, function. And, and they just waited because they, they thought when Paul said the Lord could come at any moment, they thought it meant like this moment. And what a great attitude of anticipation they had. 
but at the same time, there was life that had to be lived. And so Paul wrote them back to tell them, hey, Jesus is coming again and he could come at any moment, but we've got to work until he does come again because there's souls that need to be saved and because there needs to be a gospel witness and because God desires for you to live a sanctified life, pleasing to him. And so there's always work to do. And we've come to chapter number four. And Paul says, now I've told you, I've told you the, the work that you ought to do. And I've showed you uh, through my teaching and preaching how you ought to walk with God. He spent time with this church teaching them what is pleasing to God. And every, every Christian ought to live a life that is pleasing to God. And I'm so glad that God left his word because we couldn't live that life unless we knew how God wanted us to live. And God left his word in his word. He showed us and Paul taught us through these epistles that he wrote to these different churches. What is pleasing to God? Paul was saying this, therefore we're asking you to abound in, and abide in that, abound. Abound means to increase. And so he's asking them in the last part of this verse, so ye would increase, abound, grow, constantly maturing, getting better at what we're doing. Every, every Christian ought to be abounding or growing. The longer you're saved, the more growth there ought to be. The longer you're saved, the more you know. Matter of fact, the Bible says that what's given to you, the more that uh, you've been given, the more is required from you. If you've been setting under the gospel teaching or preaching, you should be increasing in your faith. The older you are as a Christian, the more faith you ought to be living by. It's just that it's that simple and it's not necessarily simple to do, but it is what God desires. The longer you're saved, the, the, the more faith you ought to be increasing in, and you ought to be increasing in the knowledge of God. You should know more about God. God allows things in your life so that you understand him more. We talk often, we, we want God to bless and be careful of these, these prosperity gospel preachers that tell you that once you get saved, all of your problems are going to go away. Or if you just send them money, all of your problems are going to go away. That's not Bible. God allows trials in your life because in those trials, you'll know something about him. You'll gain knowledge about him that you wouldn't know unless you were in that trial. It's true. We don't like those trials, but you ought to enjoy knowing something about God. And the longer you're saved, the more knowledge of God, God you should be increasing in the love of the truth and the love of God. And, and you should love your brethren. How many of you believe you ought to love your brethren? How many of you believe you ought to love your brethren? Say amen. Amen. And the longer we're saved, the more we ought to seek to love God as well. You should be giving of yourself more and giving of everything that you have. You ought to be giving to the work of the Lord. You ought to be giving your talents you ought to be giving yourself to the work of God. Understanding this, like Paul was teaching this church, Jesus is coming again. And what you have is time to work, to please the Lord and to help others understand Jesus is coming again for them to trust Christ as their savior. Turn, turn with me a few, few uh, pages over 
to your left, the book of Ephesians, if you would please. Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, verse number 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Ephesians four, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith. In what of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man, unto measure of stature of fullness of Christ. For what reason? He says there, we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. But the sight of men cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow, may grow up in to him and all things, which is the head, even Christ. All of this that you've been receiving, all that you've been learning, maybe you've been saved from a child, everything that you've known, maybe you've only been saved a short period of time, and that's okay, but all that you're learning, all that you're receiving is so that you use it for the sake of the gospel. Every resource you have is for the sake of the gospel. Every talent you have. And, and Paul said, Christ gave some different task. For what reason? For the perfecting of the saints, for the what? The work of the ministry. And my question to us today is this How are you growing? How are you growing? Or how are you doing with your growth? Or are you growing? Proverbs, don't turn there. I'll, I'll read this for you. You just write this down and, and go back and study it. Proverbs 4.18 says this, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more, shineth more and more under the perfect day. And so the author of Proverbs, a wise king says more and more, the, the path of the, the righteous, the just, it shines more and more. What, is that, what does that show us? That there's growth. There's more growth. We're constantly growing. And so how are you growing? Do you have the, the love of God growing in you? Is it growing? I'm not asking you if you have the love of God in you, but is it, is it growing? The knowledge of God, is it growing in you? Is there, is there an ever increasing walk with God? Are you growing today in your walk with God? Is there an ever increasing walk of God, uh, with God of faith and of giving of service? Are you growing today? Is there areas in your life where you see growth? I, I say this with kindness today, but there is no place in scripture that allows us for laziness. There's no place in scripture that allows for slothfulness. There's no place in scripture that allows for stunted growth. There's no place. Job says the righteous shall hold on to his ways and he that hath clean hands shall grow stronger and stronger. He that hath clean hands is clean before the Lord. He that is clean before the Lord shall grow stronger and stronger. And that's what God desires for us, that we grow. That we grow. And Christian, how is your growth? Right now in your heart, would you answer that question? 
Would you answer that question? Last Sunday evening, I started a series. I just kind of gave it an introduction. I'm preaching on Wednesday nights, a series. It'll started this past Wednesday, get us through the month of September and probably into October, a week or so. And if the Lord desires, then we'll stretch it out a little bit, but there's some topics. And if I, if I took the, if I took the topics, the things that I counsel the most with, or I deal with the most in Christians, I would tell you this. I deal with a lot of people that are discouraged and depressed. I deal with a lot of people that struggle in their marriage. I deal with a lot of people that battle with sexual sin or addictions. I battle with, I, I counsel people that battle with that struggle and battle with negativity. I counsel a lot of people that battle with fear. They're afraid. These are, these are common things. And if you're struggling with those things, don't think that you're odd or don't think that, well, I must not be spiritual. These are things that we struggle with. Why do we struggle with these things? We do because there's an enemy called Satan. He can't have your soul any longer, but he can taunt your mind. And he does. This past Friday evening, I got a phone call. It was about 2.30 in the morning. And someone said, would you talk to my husband? He's really struggling. He can't sleep. He's depressed. And I went to my living room and sat on my couch and for about 30 minutes prayed and talked three o'clock in the morning. It was because someone's depressed and discouraged and Satan just haunting their mind. This past Wednesday, I encourage you, if you'd get that message, we'll have it on podcast. Listen to these messages because Satan is doing everything he can to disrupt what God desires for us to do. God wants you to grow. Satan desires to keep you down. God desires for you as a Christian to constantly be abounding and Satan gets into your mind and convinces you that you can't. It's not worth it. It's impossible. You're not good enough. Many Christians judge their growth on how they feel. That's not good. It's not good to judge how we feel. We say we walk by faith, but we get down and discouraged because we judge, we're judging who we are and what we are in God. And, 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 and we're judging our growth in Christ, how we feel. And if Satan could just get you to feel lousy every day, then you would just determine I'm not growing or it's impossible to grow. And people who read the word of God and pray and, and deep in their heart, they, they love the Lord. They can be discouraged and they can feel like, you know what? I'm not growing. Something must be wrong with me. And Satan has you where he wants you to be. And so in a world where it seems like we're constantly dealing with discouragement or depression or constantly dealing with satanic oppression, how do we judge spiritual growth properly? How do we judge spiritual growth properly? I want to give you a couple things here today. And I think I'll probably take this into next week under the tent as well. 
But I want you to turn with me to the book of Colossians, if you would, please. We're right in the middle of First Thessalonians and, and Ephesians. Just go a couple pages, right, almost right in the middle. You'll find a small book of the book of the Colossians, Paul's epistle to the Colossians. He wrote this in Colossians chapter 2. Verse number 19, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. I want you to see that word head in your Bible. It should be capitalized. And the reason that word head is capitalized is because that head is Christ. Christ is the head of the church. I'm not the head of this church. Christ is. I just get the privilege to be an under shepherd here, a bishop, a pastor, but no pastor is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. And the Bible says that from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment, who gives nourishment to the body? The head does. Christ does. The body doesn't function on its own. It receives nourishment. It, it, it receives strength. It's ministered. It's knit together. It, it increaseth with the increase of God. And that's, the, that's, the, that's Christ. He's the head. Christ supplies nourishment to the church. And you're the church. Christ supplies nourishment to us. And so this would be true. This principle then would be true. If you're abiding in Christ, you have a life flowing in you. You have life in you because you have Christ. In Christ, he, he, he is that life that's flowing in you. So you constantly have nourishment from Christ flowing through you because he's the head. It doesn't matter how blue you feel. There is life flowing in you. It doesn't matter the the circumstances of today. You have life flowing in you. The circumstances of today, the circumstances that we feel, the, the discouragement that we feel, the pressures of life that we go through, none of those things affect the power of God in you. None of those things can, can hurt Christ. He gives you that nourishment. There's life flowing in you. You are picked up out of the kingdom of darkness. You are planted in Christ. The moment that you're saved, he picks you up out of that darkness. He picks you up out of eternal damnation. And you're planted and you're rooted in Christ Jesus. And because of that, you have nourishment. Because of that, he is the head and he nourishes you like a tree. You take roots, roots uh, 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 draw. If you realize with roots, they they draw moisture. They draw nutrients out of the soil. We have a a small little, little, uh, um, uh, I don't know. It's, I guess it's supposed to be a pond in our backyard. It, It gets all kinds of algae and it actually looks like grass right now, but while it was not raining those few weeks there during the summer, everything else in our yard was starting to get just brown and looking like it was dying. How many of you are like that? Just looks like bad. Bushes, flowers, everything was dying. But those trees that were back there, any, any bush that was back there, anything that was close to that pond that's behind our house, you know what we found? It was as green as 
it green could be. And the reason why is not because it was raining and it was gathering rain. The reason why it was rooted by a source and that source was giving it moisture and giving it water. And it was staying, it was staying green, even though everything around appeared bad, even though there was no rain, what was rooted by that source, what was rooted by that water was staying green. And the same thing is true. The same principle is true. Our roots suck life out of good soil, and that good soil is Jesus Christ. That's what keeps us going. That's what keeps us in courage. You've been planted and rooted in Christ. And listen, a lot of times we look at salvation and we say salvation is about eternity. And it is. Salvation is the moment that you understand and you realize that you are a sinner and you need a savior and you accept what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. He shed his blood and that blood was what the payment for your sin. He went into the grave. He rose again on the third day. He conquered death and he conquered hell. And all those that put their faith in trust in Jesus Christ. You're gloriously born again. And that means this, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. You'll have a home in heaven. And what a wonderful thing that is. But Christian, you can have strength. You can have life here on this earth. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to enjoy our salvation. We can enjoy it now because we are rooted in Jesus Christ. He's our help and our source. He's the one that we put our life into. He infuses you with life power. He's emanating light, always, always giving. So I love about Jesus. No matter where you're at, Jesus is always giving. Religions around this world, religion is you've got to do something to please Jesus did everything that's required for God to love you and save you. He's constantly giving, always flowing in him. He, he's always flowing life into us. He shall be in you through the Holy Spirit, a river of life, a liver of water, a living water springing up. And I love that word springing up. You don't have to pump it up. It springs up. You don't have to do something to get it. He's that living water inside of you springing up. He's doing the work inside of you. And Satan will have you to think that because you're down because of situations, you're not growing. But the reality is this, because of who our head is, we can constantly be growing. He, it comes because you're in Christ. It's a natural life flow springing up in us. The Bible tells us in the book of Exodus, and we find, we find where the Israelites fed off of manna. How many of you remember reading in the Old Testament, manna? Could you imagine manna? My wife will do that every so often. She'll take, she'll take some mashed potatoes and she'll make mashed potatoes. And if there's extra, then the next night we might have mashed potato uh, pancakes. Anybody have mashed potato pancakes? She has like a hundred things you can do with leftover mashed potatoes. I think of that. That's what the manna was. It was, oh, what are we going to do with it tonight? Could you imagine that cookbook that they made over 40 years in the wilderness, what you could do with manna? Huh? Manna had every nutrient, had every nutrient in it 
Christ is our manna. The Bible says that manna had every nutrient to build up the immune system and Christ has every nutrient that builds us up spiritually. I am... I like to take, I, I take these nutrients and I take last night before, before uh, some point during the day, I, I took fish oil and vitamin D and vitamin B and, and I uh, take this, take this thing called green and, and, and I take all of these nutrients. I don't, I don't see it working in me. I don't see it. I put them in my body. I just, it helps. I mean, that's why I look so good and I look so healthy. <laughs> Because I take fish oil and these other nutrients and some of you are going to go home and say, I'm going to take these things if I can look like that. Yeah. Some of you are going to say, I'm going to stop taking those things if I'm going to look like that. <laughs> but we take these nutrients into our body and, and, and we don't see them working, but they're working. And the same thing is true with Christ. He's the, he's the head. And sometimes we don't feel like it's happening. We don't realize it's happening. But I want you to understand, if you're a child of God and Christ is your head, you therefore have living water flowing up inside of you. He is working in your life. When you're planted in Christ, God is building up your immune system. He's building you up. He's building your immune system up against sin. You're growing because God is working in you through Christ Jesus. Oh, listen to me. He's a constant flow. There's something fresh and something new every single day. But listen now. Hear me well. The devil will taunt you. He'll say, if you're spiritual, if you're growing, why aren't you retaining everything you hear and read then? Some people, you, you, you read and you say, boy, I, 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 don't know if I, I don't know if I understand. I don't know if I'm getting. I don't feel like I'm getting it. I come to church and I hear a message and, and I don't always feel like when I leave, I'm retaining it and, 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 and something must be wrong with me. And isn't it just like the enemy that just constantly taunt you in the areas that he knows affect you? It's where, he, it's where he taunts you. It's where he gets in your mind and he discourages you. Listen, though, you didn't retain everything you learned in school either. Why is it that you grieve over sin now? And the reason why is because you're growing. I talk to some that say this, I, I just don't feel like I'm growing. And I said, are, are you living a life like you used to live? No. Well, does, does sin bother you? Yes. And I would say this, if sin is bothering you and, 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 and you grieve over sin, then you're growing. Because before you were lost, you didn't care about grieving over sin. You weren't convicted by the Holy Spirit of God. And now because you're saved, because Christ is your head, even at times where you feel like I'm not growing, there's a sign of growth because sin grieves you. How many of you ever looked up into the stars? I, in our bedroom window, I sleep next to the window and I look up into the night sky and there's stars there. And I love to look at stars. How many of you love to look at the stars? How many of you, when you look at the stars, you have to do this? No, those stars are, they're there, even though they're moving a thousand miles an hour. To us, they, they appear there. No sign of movement. 
even though they're racing a thousand miles an hour. And, and so it is with those that are planted in Jesus Christ. At times it might feel like there's no movement. At times it might feel like nothing's happening. But listen to me, if you're rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus and he is the head of us, then guess what? There is growth in us. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish, the Bible says, in the courts of our God. And this is a promise from the Lord. When you're in Christ, he has made you a promise that you will bloom, bursting, bursting with life. And that isn't based upon who you are. It is based upon who you are in Christ. I can't bloom and burst with life unless I have life in me. And I can't make that up. It comes from life in Christ Jesus. And Satan will have you think, no, you're discouraged and you're down and there's no growth. I would say this, Jesus Christ is still doing a work inside of you, even if you don't feel like anything is happening. You're rooted. There's life flowing in you. You're, you're, you're always changing and you will flourish in the house of the Lord. You will have life bursting out. And it's there when you need it most. My wife wasn't feeling well last night and a little bit, even this morning allergies and things. And she just wasn't, wasn't feeling well. And I don't think she was feeling very spiritual. He said, how do you know? I knew it because of how she was talking to me. I knew it. <laughs> oh, she's in here. I thought she had nursery. <laughs> Mm. my son and her are sitting next to each other. I thought he left. <laughs> I meant to say my wife is so spiritual. <laughs> you ever f just feel like you're not very spiritual because you just don't feel well? Our children came in last night and although mom wasn't feeling well, although mom was just physically not well, you know what she did? She still prayed with her children. It still spoke life into them. This morning, although she wasn't feeling well, I, I saw her ministering to our children and caring for their needs. Sometimes you don't feel like it. And it's in those times where you say, I don't feel very spiritual, but in those times you still begin to minister and, and help others and pray with others and encourage others. And, and how can you have the strength to do that when you don't feel very spiritual? That strength doesn't come from how you feel. That strength comes from that living water inside of you that we depend upon even when we don't feel it. That strength, Jesus Christ, is what gives us the opportunity to minister to others when we don't even feel like we can minister to ourselves. It comes from the help of Jesus Christ. I want you to write this down, if you would, please. Sometimes we falsely judge our spiritual growth because of repetition of life. Sometimes Satan gets in there and says, there's nothing new. You've always done this. I want you to understand something. God blesses repetition of life. When, 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 when my wife and I first started dating, 
I thought, and, and, and maybe she thought as well, I thought we always had to be doing something. And so I was like, like the youth pastor before, you know, before our date that, that, that night, I would plan the trip and, and, and do all this work, you know, and, 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 and have a great evening and make it busy, make it fun. How many of you like that? Huh? Well, that's why some of you men have such a lousy marriage. Now you didn't do that when you were dating. Come on now. And it was always activity, always fun. We went places. We lived on the East Coast. And so we'd go to a, a day in Washington, D.C. We'd go for a day in, in Baltimore and Harbor. We'd, we'd spend time going down to uh, Philadelphia. And, and uh, uh, we spent time doing things together. And now, you know what fun is to us? Nothing. <laughs> Before it was, can't wait to go to take the kids to Disney World, and we're going to do this, this, and this, and this, and, and, and five days isn't going to be enough. And now I say, what do you want to do? And she says, can we just find a place and do nothing? I said, that sounds so good. You read my mind. Sometimes we think growth means this. We're always doing something and always adding something and always uh, uh, exploring something new. But sometimes we need to realize this, that growth is, is repetition. Things we do over and over again. Someone says this, I, I must not be growing because I'm doing the same thing I've always done. I, I'm praying and, 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 and I'm reading my Bible and I'm going to church and I'm, I'm singing and I'm ushering and I get up and I do the same thing. And so therefore, nothing new is ever in my life. So therefore, I must not be growing. And Satan will taunt you with that and say, see that you read your Bible and, and nothing happens. You pray and nothing happens. There's nothing new, nothing happening, no growth in your life. You must not be growing spiritually. And we believe that lie and we begin to feel, well, maybe it's true. I want to suggest to you this, that repetition is a good thing praying, reading your Bible, attending church. Uh, uh, you, you say, I, I search my heart and, and I'm still doing all of these things, but, but I just, it, it, should I want something more? You know what I believe this? I believe spiritually is this. I do what I'm supposed to do. I think that's spiritual growth. But you say, I do what I'm supposed to, but I don't feel like I'm doing anything special. There is no variety. Listen to me, that's a lie from Satan. How many of you go to the same restaurant, you eat the same thing? Matter of fact, I go to the, a different restaurant. If it's a Thai restaurant, I don't even open the menu. I went out with my wife and I went to dinner at a Thai place for the first time. And I just look and say, I want pineapple fried rice. I don't even need to look at your menu. If it's not on the menu, you have to make that for me because that's all I eat. When we lived in Cincinnati, there was a place, and this is, this is the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the gospel truth now. Uh, there was a place, we'd, Chinese place we'd always go into. I'd walk in, they'd say, oh, chicken fried rice, no onion. That's what they called me. <laughs> I was chicken fried rice, no onion. That was my name. Why? Because that's all I ate. They never said you want anything new. They said chicken fried rice, no onion. That's your name. They knew me. They opened up a 
Starbucks here in Maumee and, and I go through and if they see me, they get my drink ready. Before I order, they still charge me, but they start to get it ready. I get the same thing. You sit in the same place at church. The reality is most of our life is repetition. Try, try doing something different tomorrow and see how much you mess your life up. Try, try getting up and not showering and see how your day goes. Try getting up and not brushing your teeth and see how many people want to talk to you. We wake up in the same beds. We wake up to the same families. We wake up doing the same thing. We attend the same church. We go to the same job. And Satan will have you to think there's something wrong with you because there's never anything new. There's never anything exciting. And I would say this, repetition is a good thing. Because when we get out of that, sometimes we start to want things and desire things that God never had for us. It's been getting up and waking up next to the same person every day. It may seem repetitious, but thank God for that. Waking up and, and going through the, your prayer life and, 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 and your, your Bible study, you say sometimes it just seems repetitious. Well, thank God for that. Just because it's not exciting, don't think that there's no growth. Satan will have you think, oh, you're married to the same person, you're going to the same church, you're reading the same Bible, you're praying the same thing. Uh, it's boring. It's, there's, there's no growth there. The reality is there is growth in repetition. My daughter last year, I think it was, one of my daughters brought home a flute. God help us. <laughs> I'm I'm convinced the music teacher at our school hates us because she sent another daughter home this year with a tuba. So we got this flute out of tune in this tuba. And we have a daughter that plays a piano and she plays beautifully, but the piano is out of tune. And Jacob gets on his guitar. We got guitars, tubas, all this going on at the same time in our house. Last year that I made a nice little room in the basement, the back corner where nobody's at, a door, it's insulated. I said, that's, that's your flute room. That's how much dad loves you. You have your own room to play that flute. <laughs> Thank you, dad. And she'd go down there and she'd play that flute and she'd play that flute and she'd play that flute. And this year, you know what? She's pretty good. Because she kept playing that flute, repetition. And sometimes there's growth and you don't realize it, but keep doing the right thing and it will produce growth in your life without you realizing it. True growth and grace is doing the same thing over doing it better each time. And that's what God desires from us. Grace is learning to place God or to please God and grow where you are planted and not allow the devil to put a spirit of boredom in your life. Most of us fall into sin when we get that spirit of boredom thinking there's something better. I would say this to you and I challenge you this, just keep doing what you've always done. When you're planted and you're taking root, do it unto the Lord. 
don't judge your spiritual growth by feelings of burden or repetition. Continue to do what you know is right to do and you will be strengthened.